It was bad enough before the pandemic getting and retaining staff. But at least back then, people were staying in place, mostly. But since the pandemic, with the on-again and off-again restrictions, remote working, and the demands of some employers forcing employees back into the office, forget about attracting people. We're at the point where we can't keep people. As a business leader, what are you to do? And that's what we're talking about today on Experience Leadership. Welcome to Experience Leadership, a podcast that challenges small business owners and entrepreneurs, just like you, to dare to be the exception. Join our host, customer experience expert, Mark Haynes, as he uncovers relevant and timely content to help you script and direct your business and teams to create jaw-dropping experiences your customers and staff deserve. Here is the host of Experience Leadership, author of Lights, Camera, Action, customer experience expert, Mark Hain. Thank you for joining me today. My guest for this episode is the president of X5 Management, Mike Mack. And today, we will be talking about how business operators and managers can enhance the awareness of effective leadership into today's ever-changing workplace environment. Stay with us and you will get a few tips and takeaways about how you can support your people personally and professionally while increasing job satisfaction and employee retention. My one ask of you is, if you do know somebody who could use this information, please go ahead and share this episode with them. You know me, knowledge is power, but only if it's shared. (laughs) In a 2021 State of the Global Workplace report, Gallup had some findings that basically, and I quote, the majority of full-time workers in the world are either watching the clock or actively opposing their employer. Gallup estimates this low engagement is costing the global economy upwards of $8.1 trillion in lost productivity, lost profits, higher costs, and also in innovation and organizational change. Now, you might be saying, but Mark, I'm not responsible for the global economy. I'm just responsible for my business. But would it surprise you to learn that 71% of North American respondents indicate that now is the best time to be looking for a new job? So that brings us to our question of the day. How have you and your leadership team changed over the last two years? What are you doing to retain your very best talent? As I said, I'd love for you to be part of this conversation. If you're going to share this episode and respond to the questions, please hashtag it. Hashtag experience leadership. And we can follow along in the conversation. To talk about with us what leaders and managers can do, I am thrilled to have the president of X5 Management, Mike Mack, joining us today. Mike is a sought-after leadership coach, consultant, trainer, and facilitator. He is passionate about helping organizations increase their customer satisfaction, improve employee retention, and achieve profitable growth. He is a two-time Amazon best-selling author for Remarkable Service, How to Keep Your Doors Open, and Relationships for Keeps, How to Build Powerful Relationships in a Business and in Life. Mike is currently working on his third book, Lunch with Leaders, How True Leaders Made It Happen. 
scheduled to be published in early 2023. Mike, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you. Mark, great to see you again, and uh, thank you so much for the invitation. I'm really excited to uh, have a conversation with you today. Oh, I know it's going to be brilliant. Hey, before we get into today's topic, could you just tell everybody a little bit about how you serve your clients? Yeah, with pleasure, Mark. So delighted to say this is our 16th year of business at X5 Management. So our lane of focus is training, coaching, and consulting. And and our tagline is we align teams to achieve. So we always tell people we're in the people business. So obviously training has picked up in the last six to nine months as we kind of came out of the doldrums of COVID and the restrictions that we had. Coaching, lots of that is one-to-one, be that executive or leadership or otherwise. And we're finding that more and more clients have a an appetite and a focus on strategic planning and stakeholder engagement right now as well. So those have been the areas that we've uh, had a very busy spring and summer on so far, and we anticipate a strong fall. But again, uh, as we're going to talk about today, it's all about the people, and that is the business that we're in at X5 Management. Wonderful. And so this idea on this topic of leadership and effective leadership, why do you think it is so timely today? Well, I think it's it's always been an important aspect. And, you know, we talk in the past quotes of, you know, we manage things, we lead people. And one of the comments that my team and I discussed around Christmas time in 2021, you know, we believe that 2022 is going to be the year of people. And the best way to develop those people, to retain those people, to recruit those people, obviously, is through effective leadership. Whether you're an owner, you're a manager, or you're an executive, your team relies on you to help them to the next level. And and if you're not able to do that, sadly, the opportunities exist that uh, they're able to go find that job of choice out there. And, and sometimes that might be a bit short-sighted, but a lot of cases it's attributed to that leadership as well. And yes, money plays a factor, but but the leadership of caring about individuals and connecting with individuals just matters so much. And honestly, Mark, part of the big reason I've done this as long as I have, it's just a real passion for that is we do want to align teams to achieve. And that has to be from the front line to the leadership level as well. So it's uh, it's paramount more than ever. You know, our teams have been locked up at home over the last couple of years. And while that was okay for some businesses, it really had that impact on that connecting and building relationships and better understanding how we can help people. And you lose that, that, that interaction that uh, most organizations enjoyed pre-COVID on the uh, daily basis interaction, be it on the shop floor or in the, in the boardroom. Yeah, it really did challenge, I think. It really challenged leaders on kind of picking up new skills very, very quickly. We, we hear a lot about ineffective habits and leaders are, seem to be kind of swaying a little bit. What are you seeing as some of the bad practices out there that you think are hurting people? I think there's a few things is that we don't pay enough attention to it, number one. Maybe that's a bit Captain Obvious, Mark. But I think that, well, the people are back now, so we're good. Well, not necessarily. Things are different. So re-engaging with people and you and I worked together actively a few years ago Things are different. Things are different for you personally and professionally. We need to make, make that reconnection. So not so much a bad habit. It's just they may not know any different. Going, well, business is good. I mean, fortunately, activity, at least in our region of Alberta right now, is, is relatively strong compared to where it was a few years ago. And, you know, we have head down and, and tail up, so to speak, where we're focusing on the business and making revenue and taking care of the customer, which is incredibly important. But we can never lose sight of of putting our people ahead of all of that as well, taking the time. And it might seem tedious, but they need to do that. And, 
you know, some items that we'll talk in perhaps more in our inter- interaction today. One of the simple things that I talk about a lot to leaders is allocate that one-to-one time. Make sure that you commit to it, whether it's bi-weekly or otherwise, even if it's 30 minutes, have that dialogue and leave nothing to chance. So that's so incredibly important. So those are some of the basic things. Maybe a habit that I'll reference is that when things get really busy, as many leaders are right now, they have a tendency to, if they're going to decline a meeting or cancel a meeting, it's that one. It's with with Sally in accounting. We cancel that meeting versus something else. That could be a big, big mistake uh, long term. Sally doesn't feel she's important to you relative to something else that you need to do as well. So those are a couple items that really come to mind. And putting the effort makes such a difference. It really is. And it really is like escalating the priority of our people, I think, in our task list, I think, as we move forward. Are there any myths about coming into this new era? And I call it the almost post-COVID. We know it's not over yet, but we do know that the restrictions have been lifted. Leaders are getting back into the office with their charges and with, with their people around them. In some cases, they have forced their people to come back into the office. When it comes down to people's or leadership idea around what this new era is going to be, are there any myths that you think need to be busted in order to, for people to be able to move forward as effective leaders? Yeah, that's, I love that question. I, I think there's a couple items that come to mind. Yeah, Things aren't the way they were in early 2020. They're, they're not and arguably are never going to be the same. So that, that myth is, well, hey, we'll get back to normal. We'll get everybody back in. And there's that, we talk about the hybrid model. Some employees like the blend. Some want to be back and interactive. Some are happy on the virtual side on the condition that they're productive. So I think the fact that it's different. So if you were going to innovate and reinvent your organization, what would that need to look like? So even if people can work at home or work from home for a couple of days a week, need to still have that interaction. I've seen it work fairly well where some organizations have everybody back. Some there is a bit of a hybrid, but I think understanding, we'll call it the guiding principles on both parties, the the company, the organization, and the individual. Obviously, they get paid to fulfill a, a role, a job. So as long as certain positions are able to fulfill that, they can work remotely. Maybe that's the win-win. Maybe even have better success retaining people long-term. One of the things that I really observed early in 2020 relative to coaching leaders and so on, I really had a, a great appreciation and admiration for the younger families that say had children that were preschool age or even in in elementary school for that matter. The juggling of that was just so incredibly demanding. So now if somebody has a sniffle or a cough, well, we got to worry that they may have COVID so that you've got to work from home anyway. So offering that flexibility and childcare isn't an issue becomes really helpful. So again, you know, back to the myth, I think we need to open it up and say, hey, what does our organization need to look like in the future? that will be better for our clients, be better from a culture perspective, and ideally retain more people that value what they do for our organization and make that one of the top agenda items all the time. That's how I look at it. It's a key priority and don't stop doing that in 2023 either. I think continuing that's going to be critical. Yeah, you know, and as you were saying that, I kept going in my mind, I kept thinking about this idea of work-life balance, but now we're in an era of work-life integration. So how much more of that is in the play with the people that you're working with and the people that you're coaching now? Well, it it does vary. And again, from industry to industry, it it definitely matters. So if uh, 
you know, I, I always like to give a plug to a longtime value client stall Peterbilt. Well, the reality is if you're a service tech and you're working on a, a large Peterbilt truck, you can't do that remotely. Obviously, you got to be physically in the shop to be able to do that. So roles like that are really critical. I think other areas around finance or accounting or even customer service, et cetera, I think there can be that, that arrangement. We've got to look at the organization holistically. I think that's a bit of a catch-22 for leaders right now and in the past, simply because, well, Mark, if I'm going to make you happy, that's great, but that may not make Sally, as I referenced earlier, happy because she's looking for something different. So can we have that hybrid, as you said earlier, integration? I think that's important. Can we have the best of both worlds where we both feel, or all parties are feeling, that they're fairly treated that this is good for me. Because I think from a business perspective, and, and I, I work from home uh, and grew our business through COVID over the last few years, where I was pretty productive. My wife worked from home as well. And you could argue that that was pretty effective. Definitely low clicks on the vehicle in 2020 and 2021, but we weren't less productive. So I think it goes back to trust. Well, Mark, if you're at home all day, probably aren't gonna work as productively as we're at the office. In, in, you know, in contrast, it, it actually could be the opposite relative to productivity for sure. Yeah, what's interesting is the increased flexibility that people had by working from home because then your nine to five job might not be nine to five. Maybe it's, you know, getting the kids Indeed. off to school and getting st stuff started and doing the breakfast dishes before you start work at 11. But then you work until after supper and that sort of thing. But there's also, there were some, there were some inherent issues around you know, how many hours people are worked. I think we saw an average, I think they said the average was about four hours a week more time spent working when people were remote, which was a little scary. Yeah, for sure. And I found that myself where you had a bit of Zoom fatigue over time. I love what I do, but, yeah. you know, when I think back of, say, 2020, for example, I mean, I was probably averaging 30 hours a week on Zoom. And a lot of that was back to back. So just by convenience, if you stopped at the bottom of the hour or at the top of the hour with a client and you're back to back, it was almost more intense than driving to and from a meeting, notwithstanding right. our, our winter elements here. So that's something to really keep in mind. And and I think the other aspect, you know, as we'll get into hopefully later on, we'll talk about, you know, even someone's own development plan. Well, if they have the ability to be highly effective there that they might even be able to add value, greater value to the organization if they can do that. So it's a creative side, maybe take tips and tricks from other organizations that have been successful. Some of the big players that we hear of what they're doing, I know my wife just joined a, a large uh, 3D printing company based out of Boston, and a lot of their workforce on a global basis uh, has home offices. My wife does travel, but that really is the model fundamentally, and uh, that can be pretty effective. But at the end of the day, you're measured on results and right. KPIs, et cetera. So right. that's that's what matters. But the job satisfaction matters a great deal too, even sure. more arguably today. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's so interesting because the the mentality is changing. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, as sometimes it, I think where we have grown a lot is the need for us to be able to trust, which is interesting. I'd like to take a deeper dive into how we can all elevate our leadership skills, and we'll talk about that right after this. When the spotlight shines on your business, are customers applauding or yawning? In other words, how is your business performing? 
Make your business a star with a new book, Lights, Camera, Action, Business Operational Excellence Through the Lens of Live Theater by Mark Hain. Mark uses his business and acting experience to help you see your business like a live show so you can create a performance your customers will never forget. Buy Lights, Camera, Action today at your favorite online retailer or directly at markhain.com. Welcome back. I am speaking with Mike Mack, president of X5 Management. Mike, one of the aspects uh, you alluded to a little bit when it came down to this idea of doing the one-on-ones, but this idea of communication. Most leaders I talk to say that they have great communication. Where might they be dropping the ball? Well, I, I love that conversation because I spend a lot of time in the communication lane. I think a couple items that come to mind is, uh, and, I, and I'm a big fan of John C. Maxwell as an author, and he writes a lot of great books on leadership. And, you know, one of my favorites back, it's probably 10, 12 years old now, but everyone communicates if you connect. So I think number one, obviously, if we're having a conversation like we are right now, there's a listening component that needs to occur and intently l- listening to what the other individual is saying and to be present. That's the other aspect, that distraction of, texting or someone walking at the door. But right now, if we're spending the next 30 minutes one-to-one, you know, all hands on deck and I'm focused on you, my valued employee. So that's one for sure. And then connecting is really just better understanding what makes that individual tick. From a coaching perspective, I have the privilege of finding out a lot of things about individuals that they tell me that I don't ask for. But in more times than not, we have the ability to help them because they're vulnerable with us and they're open in terms of how they're looking for additional support. Sometimes it's not throwing them at a lot of money. It's just that added value of someone caring about their own professional development plan. I indicated it earlier. The other aspect that they're a little, little light on is, is this committing to that time. So again, if it's structured, honor that time. And it doesn't have to be long. If it's 30 minutes every few weeks or even once a month, and but you have an open door policy, that can really win the day in that regard. You know, if you have any concerns, Mark, don't hesitate to reach out and love to help you or support you. That little gesture, but then fulfilling that when they actually do come to you, you know, sorry, I'm too busy now, I'll come back next week, that you can get away with that maybe once or twice, but you can't get away with that on a weekly, monthly, quarterly basis as well. So those are the items that come to mind to be present. Make it all about them, really, not about you, you know, relative to what they want, support and help with. Yes, it's so interesting. And and again, as you were talking about this thing about uh, keeping your promise, you know, I love Stephen Covey's trust bank account metaphor of how we build trust and how we subtract from our trust bank account. And sometimes if we go too far down, then we break that trust and we we become overdrawn and, and then we struggle then to get it back up. There's a lot to being an effective leader, and obviously in a, in a short podcast like this, there's we can only just basically skim the surface. But is there anything, like when we talk about effective leadership skills, could you give us a brief rundown of what some of those habits that are required in order to be effective might look like? You bet. Well, I'll reiterate again, the one-to-one time and, and keeping it simple, j- jotting notes down as people are talking, not just listening and listening is important, obviously, but maybe you're taking some notes down. Maybe they need something they need authorization for something. We use a work of leaders tool, Mark. So we talk a lot about vision, alignment, and execution. So from a leadership perspective, articulating the vision, it doesn't have to be at the big corporate level always, but the vision for the region, branch, the office, whatever the case may be of what we're trying to accomplish 
And it's not just financial. It needs to be a lot of things relative to customer service, improving culture. Aligning that goes with that vision alignment and execution really pertains to how we are articulating and how do we get commitment and buy-in from, from the team relative to what they need. So some great leaders with big vision ideas aren't always great at aligning the team, which does involve a lot of listening, collaboration, and so on. And then finally, on the execution side, we got to trust our team that they're going to be able to execute on the plan at hand. And if they have the tools necessarily necessary to be able to do that, you just support that. You don't micromanage it, you support it. So I think that's critically important. The other simple one, and, and these have been used before, but engage and empower your team. So relative to that, simply by asking, Mark, how could you help us with this? Oh, I've got an idea. And I've seen lots of these examples, Mark, where someone working in the back shop corner had the ability to build out a procedures manual only because he goes, well, I could do that. No one ever knew that that person could do that. So now you got them engaged. They're empowered to build this from scratch. And surprisingly, the outcome of this particular example was brilliant because no one within that department could have done it half as good as that individual. But he was really a, a you know, a hidden wonder, if you will, on that. I think the other aspect that, that we touched on earlier is professional development, but by offering it, and it's not always paid courses, it can be. But again, some people are looking for coaching, as evidenced by what we do professionally. People appreciate that and say, wow, we've never had a coach before let alone their manager before. I think back when I was a young man, way back in my early 20s, when I had one of my favorite managers at the time, Terry, and he was offering professional development back then. It was like, Mike, I think we're going to challenge you with this. I think this will serve you well in the career. I'm going to give you that opportunity, put you in that seat. So I always appreciated that challenge because there was a belief that someone else saw that I could do that, which is wonderful. And we have to be prepared that when we do it, we're all testing capacity as well. So we have to also be open to the fact that as we test people in new projects, new roles, and that sort of thing, that failure might become one of the big learning points as they move forward. I agree. I think the other one I just want to close out on is, you know, leave nothing to chance. That kind of summarizes everything, Mark, is that, you know, never assume that Mark or Sally, as I've talked about before, are good if they're not talking to us. Right. So that's why we need to take the initiative to check in versus, well, Mark, you got any issues? Let me know. Sure. I haven't heard from Mark for six months. I assume Mark is happy. Mm, probably on the contrary. So be uh, proactive, be the leader, take the initiative to do it if you haven't heard from someone for a while. And that structure and regularity of meeting one-to-one -one prevents that from happening. You know, if you go on a vacation, schedule out when you're coming back who you're going to meet. So it's actually carved in the calendar and you commit to it as well. Yeah. And so really it's about giving people the respect and give pe making people as important to you as the job is or as important as that individual is to the organization. This past Indeed. week, I was talking with a client about the importance of going from transactional leadership to relational leadership. What does that mean mm -hmm. to you? I love it. In fact, one of my colleagues, uh, Brent Collingwood, I'll give him a plug. He referenced that as a lot. You know, we're in the transformational business where... You know, unlike going to get a Starbucks as a transaction, and here's here it is. But but that relationship, of course, I, I wrote a book on relationships, so I'm a big fan of that. And kind of my theory is ability to like, respect, and trust. Well, it's an ongoing process. It's not one and done from a transaction perspective. So understanding that other individual, 
You know, when you think about, hey, why does Mark think that way? Well, over time, hopefully we learn that, that that was a passion for him when he was a young man. And I didn't understand why that project was so important to him. But that's where that matters a great deal. And that, you know, going out and waving like the queen, if you will, relative to your people versus sometimes breaking bread together. Some organizations that we have the privilege of working with do a really great job on that social aspect from a team perspective, be it barbecues or otherwise, or hosting events, or in the Edmonton market, being a big fan of the Oilers and the playoff run, they were doing things and allowing people to dress up and do what they needed to do. But there was that additional connection to really understand. And then on the other side of that, that that underlying factor that's a reality is that if people are struggling, be it financially or health issues, or maybe a parent is ill or you know, terminal with a condition. I've seen that happen over the last few years. We need to be understanding of that. And if we don't have a relationship with our team, we're not going to know that. And they might even be apprehensive to bring that up in some cases. Fortunately, I don't see that a lot. They're more open to be able to do that because they're simply not themselves if a parent is is going to pass away. And that's a big, big distraction relative to them performing at their very best. And we need to understand that and and make it about them for that period of time and give them that period to support them from a family perspective because it matters a great deal. Yeah. How would you recommend, because you mentioned that for the employees, but sometimes that happens with the leaders themselves, especially, you know, we're, we have a lot of sandwich generation people who still have kids at home, but now they're taking care of parents where the leaders yeah. themselves might be challenged with it. How do they still bring their best when they themselves might be challenged professionally and personally? Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, there's three areas. Obviously, the one that we're grateful that that we're able to coach a number of leaders in our organization. So not everybody does that. Nobody has a budget to do that. And I understand that. So obviously, if you can get coaching support, that helps. I mean, uh, somebody asked me this the other day. It was a prospective client about, you know, are you a life coach or a business coach? And I said, well, from an X5 perspective, we're business coaches. But rest assured, when we talk to an executive, for example, we're talking about life every day because life is part of that, be it, you know, an ailing spouse or dealing with a family situation, whether it's family business or otherwise. So I think that's part of it. Number two, a lot of great leaders in our market, for sure, are involved in other associations. So that could be anywhere from Edmonton Executive to Synergy Network to Tech or EO. So they have that forum or that cohort that they have that trusted relationship with that they can lean on someone that understands what they're going through. Depending upon the relative age of that that leader, I'm a big fan of mentorship as well. So in that regard, you could be 50 years of age and have a mentor that have been there, done that in that regard. And, and again, that's free if you find that right mentor. So think of that as a, a sounding board situation when you're dealing with something that potentially is pretty catastrophic relative to the current state of their family situation or a financial challenge or otherwise, and you need someone to turn to. And not for our dialogue today, but that, that starts to branch into things like mental health. And yeah. and that silent voice is an idea. We need, we need to be able to talk to someone and get that outside support if it's very serious. And in many cases, it is. So as we both know, you know, I look at emotional intelligence. Some people do a better job of handling day-to-day stress. And is it healthy stress or, or is it bad stress relative to how that impacts them. And if that's sustained long enough, that that can really, really have a negative impact on them as an individual, their health, 
And of course, their ability to be highly effective from a leadership perspective as well. Sure. And of course, we'll have the trickle down effect on the whole team because it's all about Indeed. it's all about how you're managing that stress. I'd love to get into right. some cautionaries about leading in today's new era. And we'll get to that right mm -hmm. after this. Attention, meeting and event planners. Is your company or association planning a live or virtual conference, seminar, staff retreat? Are you looking for a fresh, energetic perspective on what it takes to put on a jaw-dropping experience for your customers or staff? Book customer experience expert Mark Hain for your next group event. Past participants have said, Mark kept us in stitches while teaching us how important and powerful actually designing our customer experience can be. Read more testimonials and find out how Mark can serve you and your group at markhain.com. That's M-A-R-C-H-A-I-N-E.com. Welcome back. As you can tell, Mike and I are passionate about helping entrepreneurs and business managers just like you. If you belong to an industry association, just like Mike had alluded to, how powerful associations can be when we need peers to be able to talk to, or that you belong to an organization that is planning a conference or a leadership retreat, and you feel we could be of service, please feel free to drop us a line or do a connection request. Our details are in the show notes. Mike, you will be launching a new book next year. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, thank you, Mark. Privilege that that is my, uh, my third book in the last five plus years. This has really become a passion project. I started the Brainwave back uh, probably about October of 2021. Lunch with leaders, as you alluded to at the start of the program today, Mark. I had the privilege of working with a lot of great leaders. So what I decided to do, and it's ironic because I had very good in uptake on that, and some of them are clients, but not all of them are. And while many of them are entrepreneurs, not all of them are entrepreneurs either. And I really wanted to sit down and have a conversation. And I'll give you a little sneak peek in it because it'll be in my introduction. Years ago, and I'm going to say this is 10 to 12 years ago, one of my favorite books of the time was Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. And as you know, Mark, I'm a relationship guy and I'm blessed to have a pretty good network, at least in the Edmonton marketplace. But I, you know, I often thought, you know, in my early stages of my career, you know, if I can sit down and have a lunch, if you will, never eat alone with leaders and, and learn what they have done, been there, done that, if you will, what would that be like? So fast forward, that's really been the journey. So at this point in time, we have uh, 14 individuals that are going to be in the book. It's going to be a pretty robust bookmark uh, relative to that. My, I'm sending it off to the publisher here, uh, August 1 of 2022. And in that regard, um, couple items that, that are a bit of a theme so far. When you look at the struggles of how they started or how they took over a business from an ailing parent or otherwise, we've heard it all. Those lessons are really so applicable today. So I'm really excited because for your audience and our client base, this particular book is going to be specific. And I'm proud to say, I, I feel it's going to be a great book, but largely attributed to the amazing stories and contributions from the people that I've interviewed throughout uh, the last six, seven months. Really, really excited about it. I think it's going to be brilliant. Just the thought of the premise alone, you know, I know I, yeah. I joke about that. I believe that most people in business and who have their own businesses were became incidental entrepreneurs, yeah. that they saw had a great idea. They were in the middle of something, decided today is the day I'm going to start my own business, whether that's opening up a yeah. restaurant, a retail environment, whatever the business is. And 
what's interesting about that was they were never, ever trained to be leaders. They were never trained in HR. They were never no. trained in marketing. And so anything that they did, they had to learn on the fly, which, like you said, is pretty applicable to what we're seeing today. Indeed. And, and you know, not to, to let the cat out of the bag relative to some of the stories, but a young entrepreneur taking over his parents' company when they both passed away within eight months of, uh, of cancer at 27 years of age, and that business is thriving today, to someone that struggled in elementary school and thought they were hey, had learning challenges that became really an advanced individual that accelerated from a leadership perspective. And it just personally warms my heart when I have the privilege of reading those chapters. And, and it genuinely is a privilege. While it's a lot of work, I'm genuinely so excited because my number one goal, honestly, is to make these great leaders and their stories really shine through in the pages when we have the opportunity to read it. So grateful for their participation, but even more excited to share their words with the readers that hopefully will take the time to, to check out the book when it comes out in the new year. Yeah. And I think books like these, I think they're really integral. They need to be in our libraries because all too often we feel like we're alone. And when you pick up a book like yeah. that and you realize the struggle other people have had, you realize, hey, I'm, I'm actually not alone. Other people have done this. Other people have overcome something similar. It, I think it's, I'm looking forward to that release. A reference or comment, I was, I was at a meeting a couple of weeks ago and a young leader had asked me, Mike, if you could go back and speak to your younger self when you were 20, you know, what advice would you give yourself? And it's a pretty consistent message. Yeah. You know, surround yourself with great people and build relationships. So if you fast forward and you're a leader today, there's a lot of leaders out there that have been there, done that, that we could lean on. And I know in our market, just a bias of our where we live in Alberta, Mark, and in Edmonton specifically, that there's so many people out there that are willing to help people like you and I and other leaders as well. And always the first piece, this comes from Jack Canfield, ask, ask, ask. So always be clear on what you want to ask, but more times than not, when I've asked for insight or advice, most people have not said no. They've offered to give that particular insight of wisdom. They've been there, done that, if you will. So don't yeah. be afraid to do that. Don't stalk them and bother them a ton of times. But to do that with respect and go, wow, thank you for that wisdom, Mark, and, and be grateful for that, that can help accelerate your leadership journey, if you will, as well. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. I, I look forward to it. And then I will make a commitment that once it's released, Mike, as long as you let me know, I will put the link in the show notes so anybody watching the replay Beautiful. will make sure that they have a, a quick access to the book. You know, we're talking about grateful. effective leadership. We're talking about some things that go on. You know, I'm a baby boomer and, you know, I was privileged, not so much privileged, to be in the workforce in the late 70s where it was carrot and sticking time and, you know, dealing with leaders now who are still kind of on that aging part of it, the people who are might be 10 or 12 years older than me, still have a mindset sure. that needs to be shaken up. If people are saying, yeah, you know what? I'm seeing that now I'm struggling more than ever in trying to get people to come on board. I'm struggling with trying to keep people. I don't know why they're leaving me now. What cautionaries, as people are reviewing this episode and they're saying, yeah, you know, maybe I could do this better. Maybe I could do this better. What cautionaries would you have for them as they try to initiate the change? Well, a couple items come to mind. I'm a, I'm a fan of less is more and the little things can make all the difference. So if you lay out, let's say you work on a plan or a strategic plan and operationalize it, you know, those strategic priorities don't need to be long. They could be three to four of them that you're going to, to do. So if we talk about people and leadership, when we talk about culture, I think there's a couple items. Uh, some organizations that we work with do employee engagement surveys, for example. 
getting that information to find out what makes your people tick, doing that. It's even better if, if you, you and your team can talk to those individuals one-to-one. But if you get insight and say, this is an area in our business that we can improve upon, in a perfect world, take the initiative to improve that rather than wait for next year's survey and they ask for the exact same thing. So I think, again, less is more. If you can identify two or three small changes and commit to it, whatever that may be, there's organizations that we work with for a long period of time that invest in their people and, and training and the coaching side, for example. They literally put their money and time where their mouth is as well. And not everybody has a budget to do that, and I respect that. So if you can elevate your leadership team in the organization and they can commit to be better leaders, let's say you've got a, a team of 50 or 100 people, well, you, you get that really enhanced uh, effect with, with consistency and alignment as well so that we're operating on the uh, same page. So again, cautionary, but less is more. You don't have to you know, paint the whole building. You can just paint one room at a time sometimes just to, to brighten up what needs to be done. And there's, uh, I'll, I'll make a side reference. And while this is customer service related, there, there, that hospitality video that's on YouTube, which you probably have seen with Danny Meyer that was produced by Lexus and hospitality about a restaurant in New York. I love that particular video because it really puts the people first. So if you can do that, number one, you're going to enhance your culture. And number two, you're going to add greater value to your clients at the same time if you put your people first. Yeah. Um, customer service is incredibly important, no question about it. But you can't deliver that without people that are there or wanting to be there. Yeah, I just published a blog talking about if we take the skills that we have for customer service and apply it to working with our teams, some magical things might happen if we start looking, taking those skills that are so ingrained in us as customer service people and applying it, it to our teams. It's it's amazing what can happen. The idea of not being perfect in what we do. I know that for leaders, sometimes the lack of perfection might seem like a weakness. Yeah, the, there's a couple of views on that one, Mark. Thank you for mentioning that. You know, progress, not perfection. And I have a business coach, so one of the things that I love about what he's referenced in the past is, here's the current reality, here's the future reality. If we can articulate what we want that to look like, it's a process. You can't get from zero to 60 in five minutes. Let's say that's going to take us a year or more. Those small incremental changes will make a difference. And, and be okay with not making it absolutely perfect because depending upon the style of that leader, if, if they can't do it perfect, they won't do it at all. Well, most people would appreciate that you did something rather than not doing it at all. Now, on the other side of that, my mentor who's 87 years of age and in Vancouver, Arnold, He'll always talk about practice, much like a golf analogy of being a great golfer. Practice makes perfect. And he argues, well, perfect practice makes perfect. So in contrast to what I said earlier, if you want to be way better at something, a relative skill, you know, in a simple form, whether you don't have the budget for a course or a coach, read a great leadership book. And I can recommend many. A game changer for me, Mark, probably 20 years ago when I got into CDs and now, of course, Audible on my phone, it's just been a game changer because I'm able to go through so many amazing books that are out there in the marketplace. And the more you read and the more you listen, as you know, there's a common thread that will evolve in those messages and go, that sounds like a great idea. I think I should start doing that. So I think that's the piece versus, well, no, I, I need to take a course at the University of Alberta. Well, you could but you could read a book as well. I'm amazed 
Now, I was I had lunch yesterday with a senior executive of someone that's 70 years of age. And I said, so how many books have you read in your lifetime? And he kind of looked up and he went, probably 500. And you can do the math on that on an annualized basis. That's a lot of books. I could talk to someone else in leadership and they, hey, what's the last leadership book you read in the last year? They couldn't think of one. So there's a, there's a range from 500 to zero. So be willing to learn. Again, don't worry about the perfection, but it's the progress. Did I elevate? And hey, what's the best book? What's the great leadership system? There's a lot of great systems and great books out there. Just grab one. I do have to give a plug to this one and I don't get any credit for it. But, you know, John C. Maxwell's Five Levels of Leadership is one of my favorite go-to books because it's simple. And if you only looked at the illustration of, you know, a level one leader, people follow you because they have to, because you're the manager or the boss. We want to elevate to that, you know, beyond. And I always say I aspire to be a level four. I get to be a lot older, Mark, to be a level five leader with wisdom and sage like the Warren Buffetts of the world. Level four, very simply, is people follow you because of what you've done for them. And that's a whole big list from listening to professional development to supporting them when their mom passed away, whatever that may be, that's level four leadership. So simple fundamentals, but you've got to live it and breathe it every single day. Yes. And, you know, it's funny because the word intentionality comes through, but then so does the word humility. You have to have the humility to know that you don't have all the answers, and then you have to be intentional about how are you going to overcome that once you recognize it. I love that. I'm smiling because I can relate to that language so well. And (laughs) And even if I go back to my book for a second, uh, Mark, that's that's one of the items that I was most grateful for. That humility just shone through on a consistent basis. And some brilliant leaders that would acknowledge they were the first to say, we didn't have all the answers. That's why we relied on other people and our employees or outside support or other leaders to give us guidance and input. Uh, be open. Be open. We're always learning. This has been absolutely amazing. Hey, Mike, if people really connect with this, how can they get a hold of you if they want to pick your brain or explore working with you. Well, thanks for the opportunity again, Mark. So obviously our website is is our main contact relative to www.x5management.com. As you indicated earlier, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. So happy to have someone reach out. And in a perfect world, if they go, hey, I I had the privilege of listening to uh, Mark and you were a guest uh, on Mark's show. LinkedIn is, is great from a connection perspective as well. We have access at info at x5management.com. And well, I can feel those. I'm grateful that I have a team that helps support that as well, not just me as we continue to grow. Lovely. But, you know, a, a side comment, probably like your business, Mark, people always say, well, what's your ideal client? Anyone that wants to improve their business and their people, what they're doing. And that's that's always a place to start. There's no one size. What does it look like? But rather, hey, we need to do some things different around here, whether we're growing or retaining what we're doing or trying to protect the business, all of that becomes important. You can't turtle. Lots lots of businesses did that over the last couple of years. So welcome the opportunity to have anybody reach out. And really, it boils down to that. If we have a pain point, something that's making you lose sleep, then it's worth a conversation. At the very least, it's worth a conversation. Well, it is. It is. I got to give kudos to you, Mark, and for shows like this as well. I admire the production of what you put together. And this... People should access this all the time, whether it's the show with me or other shows that take advantage of that wealth of knowledge that exists out there in the marketplace that individuals like you or me or others out there, thousands of others that can support 
leaders and businesses to, to be better and to protect their business. Brilliant. This has been so fantastic. Mike, do you have any last thoughts about what we've been talking about today? I think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we go back to some of the basics, uh, leave nothing to chance, build some relationships that you have, whether you don't necessarily have to pay to be a member in a, a forum or otherwise, but make that, net, you know, it's a common question they get a lot, Mark, is, hey, where, where should I go network? Start somewhere and build a meaningful relationship. I mean, that could be in the golf course, that could be in the pickleball court, whatever you're up to, that's really an important part. But surround yourself with some good people. And I find great leaders that have really elevated their level have a real strong supporting cast of people in their life, including their employees, family, spouse, people like you, people like me. Mm -hmm. So build that relationship. If you think you have enough, you don't, because that journey is always continues. I always learn something from the people that I meet for the first time as well. And again, Mark, just a real privilege to have the opportunity to be on your show and uh, applaud what you do professionally in the marketplace. I know how much effort goes into uh, a show like this. So uh, kudos to you for what you do. I appreciate that, Mike, so much. And I thank you for sharing your passion and your brilliance with the audience today. I can't thank you enough. It's been fantastic. My absolute pleasure. Why don't you let me know if this was of value to you? As always, my offer stands. If you would like 30 minutes of my time to brainstorm your business with you and your team, feel free to book yourself on my online calendar. The link is down below. It would be my absolute pleasure to be of service to you. And while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and leave a comment or a review about this episode? I'd love to get your feedback. Was this of value to you? Do you have any other interests, anything that you think you'd need some help with that you'd like me to maybe to cover in a different show? Why don't you let me know? My name is Mark Hain. I hope you stay safe, stay healthy, and I hope you dare to be the exception. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for joining us this week on Experience Leadership. Make sure you visit markhain.com for a full directory of available episodes. While you're at it, if you found today's content valuable, please share it and tell your friends about the show. As Mark says, knowledge is power, but only if you share it. Be sure to tune in each week for the newest episode. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception.